This week, we're doubling down on excitement. I'm brimming with enthusiasm. There's an extraordinary amount to discuss. My mind is practically whirling. Seriously, the recent developments in AI have been so groundbreaking that I'm contemplating switching to an exaflop processor just to stay in the loop. With the latest from OpenAI, Canva, and more, plus crucial discussions around AI's ethical role in daily life, there's a hefty agenda ahead of us. So, fine-tune your receptors or simply settle in. Whatever your style, you're in for a good time as always. Welcome to Up Against Reality, a meta-podcast that explores the intersection of humanity and artificial intelligence. I'm Raina, one of your hosts. I have some pretty charming human co-hosts too. You'll meet them shortly. It truly is a brave new world, and we're here to simplify it for you. It's going to be a wild ride, so buckle up as AI comes crashing up against reality. Yo. Yo to you. How's things? Thanks is thanks. Thanks as thanks. Second episode in a week. Yeah, we got to do this on the daily, man. Oh, we got to quit our, quit our day jobs. <laughs> yeah. This is better. Yeah, there's are worse ways to spend your time. Absolutely. Man, this year is almost over. I can't believe it. Yeah, and so much has happened. So much has happened in one week, as always. Um, where to start? We really have a packed agenda today. Uh, you sent me recently a video by that gentleman, Matt Wolf, whose YouTube channel is incredible. And if you like what we have to say, you'll love his stuff too. Check him out. But he went recently through all of the updates that have happened on all the platforms we love and are, are intrigued by. One of which is Runway ML, which is a text to video platform. And I think they're on Gen 2 now, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So major upgrade because the last iteration was that very surrealist kind of creepy images that were swirling together and misshapen and now it's photorealistic and cinematic and gorgeous and perfect i mean not perfect but it's really close yeah way more refined now yeah can you describe what you literally just sent me 30 seconds ago so I yeah I tried two things. I, you can you can do text to video or you can do image to video. And the first one I did was I took the thumb cover image uh, from which episode was that? It was called prompting while driving, and it's an image of uh, interior of a car with a person with a smartphone in their hand and a big monster ahead of them looking through the windshield. And I just used that image and it animated it and it. It looked very cool, and it it was interesting, though. It it appeared like the car was driving backwards. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that would look much better the other direction. So I reversed it, and uh, we'll post it on the website. Um, but the car is driving, and you see a tree, and then this monster just appears out of the tree or morphs out of the tree. I was like, that's much more interesting. So but, cool. Were you able to reverse it in runway? or No, I, I just used a little uh, you know uh, app on the phone to reverse it. Nice. What was the second clip you sent? And second one, I just tried a text to video and I put a, uh, the prompt was a transparent cybernetic being playing a guitar. And it's, you know, it's kind of what you would expect. <laughs> you know, yeah, it looks great. Yeah. It really does. It's a very alien-esque Joe Satriani playing that guitar. <laughs> yeah. And I, that seems to be your new litmus test that that prompts for uh, whatever platform we're trying out. Yeah, yeah, I've been playing with um, 
with Midjourney, and we'll talk about some of those updates a little later. But. Yeah, that runway thing though. Oh, and it, I think it's free, and we have, I don't know how many tokens you get. Yeah, I forget. Uh, I'm still using up the the freebie uh, ones yeah, that they give you. I think there's quite a few. I think you can, and it exports what four second clips at a time, and with the ability to extend the clip, perhaps. Correct. Right? Yeah, yeah. It'll do four yeah. seconds, and then I think you can just have it uh, continue if you want to use up some more tokens. Between this and the Beatles song and other technologies, I'm so inspired. I don't know how you feel about it, but I've got so much back catalog music and things that I've created. I'm like, I want to revisit those things. Mm. It's it was making me think of you talking about James Cameron, who's kind of has just been sitting on the sidelines waiting to see what AI does and how it can be applied to Terminator or Avatar for that matter. Um, and I'm thinking, wow, I have you know a couple albums worth of things that I've done in my life and never had video components to that, but maybe this is the time. Maybe I mm. could... With just Runway ML, I can take these songs and just see what Runway ML can spit out and publish those. Why not? Yeah, yeah. I've seen some very impressive... Uh, uh, yeah, there was just one music video. It was like a heavy metal song. And uh, a, a guy, uh, I think he generated all the stills in mid-journey and then animated them with with uh, Gen 2 or something. And it was a very... It looked like an expensive video. I mean, it, it was, it was, it fit the music. It was really, really impressive. What kind of definition do the clips come out as? I know they're MP4s you're downloading, right? Do, are they 1080? What are they? That's a good question. Uh, I can tell you. I mean, I guess you could upscale them in, in Topaz or something. Uh, 1152 by 896. That's an interesting resolution. 24 frames a second. All right. At least that. All right. So that that was the one I I did the image to um to video and the text one actually looks a little different. Uh, fourteen oh eight by seven sixty eight. I did not specify an aspect ratio when I generated it. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um. Are you still using Topaz for still images? Yeah. You, yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's... And have you tried it for video or no? Uh, I, I just have the uh, Gigapixel AI, which is uh, okay. just for stills. I, I don't have the uh, the video version of it. Right. Cool. Yeah. So Runway ML, it looks amazing now. I can't wait to dive into that more. Also, Matt Wolf had mentioned uh, Meta, which is the parent company to Facebook and Instagram and WhatsApp. They now have this thing called the Emu image generator, which is apparently embedded in Facebook Messenger and WhatsApp. And I looked for it and I cannot find it. Hmm. Did you did you try it? No, I may, maybe it's in beta and it's being slowly released. Yeah, I'm not sure. I I could not find it. Um, I'll keep looking, or maybe I need an update, but I I didn't see it anywhere that was intuitive. Um, the other thing that was really interesting is uh, Luma Labs. Uh, Genie is the platform. It is text to three D models. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. It was uh, you know they seem like very low poly models, like nothing uh, you're gonna use for visual effects in a in a movie or anything, but uh, kind of cool. By next Thursday. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Really? Um, we talked last episode, which was yesterday, um, briefly about uh, Open OpenAI had their first dev day. And the big item to come out of that is the ability to make custom GPTs, which is basically your own, your own uh, chat GPT for whatever proprietary industry or undertaking you, you care to make a G GPT for. Have you tried it yet? I have not, um, but I was reading up on some 
some very interesting examples and and just how powerful it is. And the the one that just blew my mind is this guy, he he took a, a video of like a soccer game uh, and he fed it into GPT Vision, GPT-4V, and, and then had a custom GPT commentate on it. Wow. And it did. Uh, and it, I mean, it was legit. It, it sounded a little stiff, but the guy's like, he's, he's threading the defense. He's goes and goal. I mean, it was, oh uh, it was crazy. And, and it did it all on its own. And then somebody else was playing a, it was, I don't know what kind of, it was one of these like, uh, um, top down video games, you know, uh, I, I, I'm not sure what game it was, but the the it was commentating on that and and actually giving useful information about how oh, he's got five five tokens and he's going for this and that you know whatever the hell was going on in the game but oh unbelievable unbelievable I, mean, we, I think next week if we can the whole episode should be about these custom gpts and let's build out our own and if we can get that clip we got i, I want to hear that that's incredible and 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 another guy he he had it the camera on and he was doing yoga and had it analyze his, uh, his stance. It was like, you know, it's like your your legs are too bent, you know. <laughs> it was, what? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't realize it was capable of all of that. So I haven't, I have, today actually I'm going to dive in for client and see if we can make a proprietary GPT for their services. But per the vision piece, for that to work, the yoga guy, mm-hmm. did he have to, feed in a, a database of documents first or I don't know he, what did he, he had to train it first so we could give it feedback I, I would just, imagine yeah I just saw this little thing it was actually on, on Matt Wolf's um uh, yeah I think current video um and it just showed uh, the guy you know he had his laptop with the you know with the the FaceTime cam you know um aimed at him and I, I don't know if it was real time or wow but amazing Man, you hear it and I hear it thrown around all the time when you know people are hyping stuff up. This thing is a game changer. I feel like that is a game changer. So you're saying it's not a fad? It's not a fad. No, <laughs> it's not. We're going to talk about things later, an item later that I do think is a gimmick versus a game changer. Um, one of the other things I wanted to mention when I was mentioning going through back catalog stuff, my own creative output... I, I was I did this project with my good friend Alan Swirling. You know Al, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, we recorded a record in his basement back when you know Elise's came out with the ADAT and made home recording very accessible to knuckleheads like me and Al. <laughs> I'm calling you a knucklehead, Al, if you're listening. Um, and we spent a year in a basement, just the two of us, you know, hammering out these songs and learning and wearing our influences on our sleeve and trying to sound like Boston and uh, you know and you know mimicking the whole Tom Schultz uh, approach. So you know, we we made that record. It was eight tracks and infinite bounces down to get 16 and 24 out of it until yeah. it just de- degraded the whole effort you had to commit it was writing in stone man it was you know how it goes and so long story short is that's a long time ago and those master tapes have been bounced and i don't even know what, what condition they are in and but we do have the cd production master and with apps like moises and we've talked about moises on previous episodes. Moises is a, a, a phone-based app and I'm, I have it on my Mac desktop. I'm able to feed in these songs that have been mixed down to two tracks 
it's as if you were taking a Beatles song that you don't have access to the multis and you can throw it in this thing and it'll pretty crudely spit out an isolated vocal, an isolated drum track, the rhythm section, and uh, I guess guitar, I forget. There's four elements to spit out. But here's my bet that in six months time, I like just like James Cameron, it's gonna be Moises on steroids where you can throw anything in there and it's gonna be really surgical and granular and you're gonna be able to isolate everything and go back and remix the whole shebang. Oh, give it to me. Right? I mean, when when I watch those, you've, you've watched uh, Rick Beato, I'm sure, on, on, oh, on YouTube. All the time. Yep. When, when he's soloing these in, individual tracks off of these classic songs, I'm like, oh, what I wouldn't do to get my hands on the multi-track master of, you know, some great record that I adore and just remix it and play with it and totally. just see if I can match them the level, match the mix, you know, just as a, as a challenge. It would be so yeah. much fun. Well, that's cool. Yeah. I, I know when he first started doing this, there were lots of, uh, a lot of people would ask, oh, you know, how how are you getting these tracks? And he goes, you know, if I tell you, I won't be able to get them anymore. <laughs> yeah, so something oh, to that effect, but sure. He's got some inside connection, yeah. right? At some studios. Uh-huh. Um, but, and I know we've talked about this before, but it's, I'm so excited for the moment and I know it, we got to devote a whole episode to it when it happens. Um, I've mentioned before my love for Led Zeppelin three, but my dissatisfaction with the sound of that record and how small and super compressed Bonham's tiny little kid is in there. And then I go and I listen to something like Fool in the Rain off of uh, their last record, their last studio album. And it's just gigantic and massive and gorgeous and sexy. And what I want to do is be able to take that, I want to isolate all that stuff and feed back in Bonham's Fool in the Rain sound into (laughs) Immigrant Song and Out on the Tiles and have at it that Uh way, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, kind of, I mean, there's there's some records that I I, I love, and I'm like, um, it, it's you know same same thing. And I'm like, oh man, what I wouldn't do to bring the drums up a little bit, or just back off the compression, or something, you know? Don't you think it's gonna happen? I think it's gonna happen where you can absolutely disassemble a mix. Yeah, yeah. I, I I it would be hopefully the fidelity will be there. That would be great because that's important to me. Absolutely. I agree. And I was thinking about that too. I mean, then you're going to have some Topaz or similar kind of plugin that's going to analyze that John Lennon vocal and fatten it up and, and smooth it out. Yeah. I think. So it is November, mid-November already. Can it be? Uh, Thanksgiving just around the corner. I can already see the thumbnail for next week's episode. By the way, it's going to be a circuit board turkey for those, <laughs> for those of you who uh, follow along. Um and of course, there are year-end lists and already Collins Dictionary, which I've never heard of, uh, is declaring that AI is the word of the year for 2023. Boy, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> of course, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I love year-end lists. I don't know. How, are you a fan of those at sure, all? I mean, sure. Yeah, sure. Of course, they're provocative and some things make it on there that make you want to interact and be like, no way yeah, should that yeah. be on there. Or if something's missing. Do you have any movies on your 2023 list that you saw this year? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I, I did. This was a year I didn't watch a ton of movies. Um, my wife is not a big movie person, and so we get hooked on a. We'll watch a show, and we'll that mm-hmm. that'll end up being you know most of my TV time. Hmm. Why why dedicate two hours to an effort when you can dedicate eight? Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love movies though. Same. Um, 
the ones that come to mind, primacy, recency. I just saw David Fincher's new flick on Netflix called The Killer with David Fassbender. Did you see uh, Michael Fassbender? Did you see that? Oh, I saw the the promo for it. That looks really good. Uh, it's good, man. Yeah. Slow burn, cool. like assassin procedural. Yeah. Echoes, echoes of Luc Besson. I don't know if you like, sure. you know, La Femme Nikita and yeah. La, The Professional. The Professional, I like, yeah. I, yeah, I liked it. So that was, I don't yeah. know if that's in my top list of the year, but I would say Everything, Everywhere, All at Once was an interesting film. Did you see that? I didn't see it. Yeah, I would definitely put that on this year's list. I think that was this year. I, I'm, Wasn't it? Uh, I don't know. I think so. I think um, I saw Oppenheimer in in uh, oh that's right in the in the movie theater and in, in IMAX it was great wow you liked it yeah yeah, yeah I'm yet to see that and I'm I don't want to see it on my home whatever flat yeah. screen I want to <laughs> see it immersive maybe I'll wait till it comes out in the sphere in Las Vegas there and go, go and see it on that beast right <laughs> um, all right so. Of course, Time Magazine came out with its list of best inventions of 2023. And guess what? 44 out of 200 are built on AI platforms. Who would have guessed? Not me. <laughs> Craziness. Uh, number one, of course, GPT-4 from OpenAI, which, as you all may know, uh, is a powerful AI model that excels at verbal reasoning and can explain complex concepts in simple language. It can also verbally describe the contents of a picture in natural language and do lots of other stuff these days. Mm -hmm. Number two is AI Pin from Humane, a lightweight device that can be pinned to your garment and projects calls and other information straight to your palms. It essentially makes smartphones obsolete. I don't know if I agree with that. Um, I don't. I mean, it's super cool tech, but I'm not ready to ditch my phone in favor of it. You had sent me the the like presentation video about it, and uh, super cool. I'm impressed. And yeah, I I can see a very uh, appealing thing about just having that pinned to you and not having to pull a phone out or interact with a screen to get things done. But uh, yeah, it's 700 bucks and 24 dollars a month because it's basically it comes with a cell phone plan mm -hmm. um and they partnered with title for music it's it's super slick but like looking at the projection on the palm i'm like ah, it's a little like if you move your hand much is it going to go out of focus or i don't know or right. maybe it's smart enough to adapt to that I'm, i don't know but uh it's it's cool but I, i'm not it is cool I, i'm not like compelled to run out and get one at that price point absolutely not for me and especially with uh, the death by a thousand cuts subscription, right? Mm -hmm. We're, we'll talk about this later. <laughs> yeah. um, but seven hundred bucks, I don't know. Give me three hundred dollar, three hundred dollar entry point, and maybe. Um, but for me, and it is cool. And you're right, that holographic laser display in your hand that you know you can use as a, a, a GUI, basically. I, I don't know how how well is that going to perform? And I did think that it was interesting that the way it handles audio in, in that kind of personalized fear i don't know how that works that's interesting yeah i want to I'd, I'd like to experience that it's obviously you don't you can't appreciate that through a youtube video but um yeah and the other thing for me and maybe you feel the same way it just looked like a glorified iphone with a couple other bells and whistles that's pinned to your pinned to your shirt and i don't even know what that pin looks like honestly i don't know if it's piercing your fabric or if it's held on there by a magnet do i want a 700 dollars piece of gear hanging off the front of my i'm just like picturing going down new york city street with this gear on the outside of my shirt like yeah that's hope, just hope the clip is strong hanging fruit yeah <laughs> 
So that was number two, AI pin from the company Humane. I think these folks are former Apple engineers themselves, right? I'm not sure. Yeah, that's that's what it said in one of the videos okay. I saw. This one I've not heard of, UI Path Clipboard AI, an AI tool that can pull all the information from a document, such as a PDF or a contract or a passport or an Excel spreadsheet, and paste it directly into the correct fields on a form, like a smarter, speedier, copy-paste, or macro. That's all right. Sounds like a useful tool. Yeah. Number four is Be My AI from Be My Eyes and Open AI, a first-of-its-kind digital visual assistant powered by GPT-4. It provides people who are blind or have low vision with a better way to address everyday needs and acquire tools and visual descriptions never before possible. On board with that. Same. Anything that's leveling the playing field and bringing accessibility, I'm so on board with. I don't know what this looks like. Have you seen it? No. Yeah, super cool. <laughs> You're just talking the last item about the, you know, it sounds like a personal assistant, the UI path, clipboard AI. So bye-bye personal assistants. Bye-bye announcers at sporting events with color commentary. <laughs> who who would have thought that would have been on the table? It, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's. I don't think their, their jobs are in danger yet, but the fact that it can pull that off without major training. I, you know, I, I wonder what went into building that, that GPT. Yeah. And as, as with everything, it's going to improve exponentially until it's real time Reina announcing live Miami Dolphins games. Mm. Mm -hmm. uh, number five, generative expand and generative fill from Adobe Photoshop. AI-powered tools that can generate new image content based on existing images, making it easier for designers to create new visuals. And I know there's a uh, component of this in Illustrator now that can do some pretty cool things as well. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah, I played with it. It's pretty impressive. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I continue to be impressed by uh, generative fill and generative expand because I've spent my fair share of time using the rubber stamp tool in Photoshop to manually do that. And it yeah. can be painstaking. And especially if there are like vanishing point lines, you know, lines at an angle, when you try to extend those, it's tedious. And yeah. and every time I, I use that, it always seems to work, especially when you're just trying to expand the, the canvas. It's, it's awesome. Um, so cool. And you made me think of you know, I, I talked about that project earlier, Curving Aztec is the name of it, what I did with my friend Alan in the basement for a year. The thing that really got me fired up was I took the original album cover of that, the CD cover, which was a three by three canvas that I had hand painted with acrylics. And then we photographed it in a photo studio in Red Bank, New Jersey. And then I brought it into Quark Express. Remember Quark Express? Oh, yeah. That's still around. Yeah. Yeah. And then, <laughs> yeah. I laid out the text. You know, um, it was time consuming. I mean, all in all, with the, the, the canvas creation and the photography and the desktop publishing, I don't know, weeks. So <laughs> I, I, I take that yeah. image, the cover and all, and I feed it into Dolly 3 and I say, give me an updated version of this thing. And the original was this flat two dimensional, you know, acrylic on canvas. It comes back, as you saw there, just gorgeous, swirling nebula with a, a glowing sun at the center photorealistic galaxy unbelievable and here's the kicker it added the 
titles, the text without misspellings, without that weird kind of <laughs> artifact that can come out. It even put it in the corner with some little like, you know, tile around it. And the text looks like gold leaf. I'm so impressed with how it handled the entire thing. And I didn't have to go back in and surgically put it back together in Canva. You yeah, know, that's amazing. Yeah. Incredible. Who's up? Uh, number six, OpenAI and Dolly 3. An AI model that can generate images from textual descriptions, allowing users to create custom images for a wide range of applications. I feel like this should have been mid-journey. Like, you know, Dolly's, oh, oh, yeah. you know, like yeah. if, 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 if you're going to make this list, um, you know, I think they're the pioneers and I would argue that they're probably still on the top as far as quality, although that gap is narrowing big time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but yeah, text to image just overall unbelievable. Yes. And I, I, I don't think I mentioned with that Dolly experiment I did with the curving Aztec cover. I, I didn't put in a, an actual prompt other than say, update this image. And I uploaded the original image as a reference. That's all I said. So cool. And it, ba-boom. Uh, this one I've not heard of. It's number seven on our list of, how many do we have on this list? 13. That's such a weird number, but okay. Um, <laughs> so Vitz SVC from D-Drone, D-Drone. Hey, it's the drone. Hey, look what it is. Hey, it's the drone. Uh, an AI-powered drone detection system. It's come to that, has it? Yeah. I need to, to detect drones in the perimeter of my property um, that can identify and track drones in real time, helping to prevent security breaches and other potential threats. Wow. For every invention, there is some way to combat The countermeasure, it. right? Sure. Yeah. I mean, we got... Uh, we were... I got together with some friends to play some can jam the other weekend and my buddy brought his drone mm. and uh it's this uh DJI Mini Pro 4. It is tiny, it's quiet, it's got a 4K gimbal wow. stabilized camera, it's got uh collision detection sensors all over the thing. It is unbelievable. And you know, we put it up in the air. We shot some cool footage of us playing can jam. Yeah. And, and it was just like it was on a tripod. I mean, it's just solid. Stable. Stable. Mm -hmm. um, and then uh, across the highway from us, there's a, like, you know, it's kind of, I mean, it's not really a big mountain or anything, but there are these very uh, fancy houses up on the hill. And... Uh, <laughs> We sent the drone up there. We're like, I'm really curious about that house. And he took a picture of this palatial, I, I mean, it's unbelievable. There's tennis court and a pool and a three-car garage and all this stuff. And, and wow. um, I'm like, you know what? A house like that, they're going to have a drone detection system probably. It's probably be a good idea for keep keep us uh, peeping Toms out of there. You know? Yeah, the, the, the amateur paparazzi uh, out of the neighborhood. <laughs> right. And then the, their their anti-drone system will fire up an auto sentry and just take it out. <laughs> or an EMP. It's a drop oh, it from the sky. Shuts down the whole neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so there's that. Um, number eight, uh, Feature Print from Alatheon. That's how you pronounce it. An AI-powered system that can identify and track individual objects based on their unique features, making it easier to manage inventory and prevent counterfeit. Hmm. Okay. How else would you use that thing? Maybe it, it put some kind of uh, unique uh, marking that on it that is not visible. And, right. And you can... Like, what, like a radio tag or a QR code or something. I don't know. It's uh, probably shape-based, right? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I'll look into it. 
Number nine, Oppo Zero Power Tag, an AI-powered device that can track the location of objects without the need for a battery, making it ideal for use in a wide range of applications. So is it like an AirTag? Sounds like it. I just wonder mm -hmm. how... So, yeah, I, I have not gotten an AirTag. I haven't um, had a real need for one, but I, I assume those require a battery? Doesn't need a battery for this one. Okay. How, I've does, heard that, of the, how does that work without a battery? That's a great question. I know there's RFID, which doesn't require a battery, but but that's different. Power. So where's it getting its power from? Unless it's like... um. What do they call that? Oh, when, like an accelerometer is like yeah, like a generating enough of the power that mm. perhaps I don't know. Uh, yeah, number ten, Hewlett Packard Enterprise Frontier Supercomputer, a powerful supercomputer that uses AI to accelerate scientific research and discovery. Cool, all for it. Cure cancer. Number eleven. Birdie Plus Enterprise, an AI-powered system that can monitor the health and well-being of elderly patients, providing caregivers with real-time data and alerts. Nice. Yep. Sounds good. Uh, number 12, Utah Bionic Leg. I like this. Cue the uh, $6 million man sound effect. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> an AI-powered prosthetic leg that can adapt to the user's movements and provide a more natural gait. Awesome awesome and it's going to get weird i've said it before you're going to have this fringe of society they're going to be volunteer amputees and they're going to want to be augmented cyborgs it's coming it really is and you're going to have this subset of teens that are going to need parental consent to get a you know mech arm installed <laughs> did when you were a kid did did you get the sears wish book yeah, you know, like the Sears catalog, yeah, like for like Christmas, yes. that thing. Yes, yes. Oh my gosh, it's be it, was, that. it was the greatest. I looked forward to that every year, and I'd Same. immediately go to the go karts, and you know, the, they had all the oh, big ticket items. You know, yeah, yeah, at the back. Yeah, yeah. I was kept speed past the clothes, and then uh, the Billy the Kid the jeans and stuff. And, yeah, that's uh, great. Um, yeah. So I, <laughs> when I saw this item on there, I was just like, I, I, I immediately went into mid journey, and I, I had to generate a future futuristic version of uh, a page out of the Sears wish book oh, <laughs> with, super with cool. bionic arms and legs. <laughs> you did that already? I did it. Yeah. I'll send it to you. Oh. Yeah. I'm going to send it to you right now and then you can. That's uh, genius. <laughs> Put it up on the site. That's so cool. Uh, I love it. The Christmas catalog. The, yeah. The wish list, like the Toys R Us catalog. That's so great. And, and, modern... and it was funny because it, you know, it's, it, it looks retro. Oh, great. You are bringing me back. I'm going on a nostalgia trip while you're searching for that. There is a website uh, that has them all archived. Ooh, that's cool. I'd like to look back at that. Yeah, it'd be be fun to look back at, especially see the prices of what like a VCR was and <laughs> eight hundred dollars. I know. Or use one of those and bring that in as an image ref and see what it does yeah. with it. Yeah, yeah super cool. Uh, you are definitely kicking the dust off with some long dormant <laughs> neurons in my head. Like, oh my God, what did I like back then? I used to have these things. I don't know if you remember them, man. They were like three foot tall plastic Japanese robots. I want to say they were called Mazinga or something. Do you remember these things? Like Johnny Sa I'm really old. So are you. Johnny. <laughs> jo Do you remember Johnny Sacco and his flying robot? Are you that old? Do you remember? It was like this fringe Japanese sci-fi show was occasionally on I'm not television. Sure. I'm sure if anyway, I saw it, I'd remember it, but. That was one of the items, these like Japanese giant robots, and you could press their 
their hands and they'd fire like little plastic missiles. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. It's I'm with you. I think it was called Mazinga. I'm not sure. But whatever, in that whole Japanese toy sci-fi universe. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, lastly, number 13, Alga Ray, an AI-powered system that can convert algae into biofuel, helping to reduce carbon emissions and combat climate change. Also, sounds like a wonderful idea. Yeah. I don't think there's I'll a big a algae shortage, so... No. Um, in fact, we have in Mexico on the East Coast, on the Yucatan, they have really big problems. It's actually not algae, but it's sargassum. They have the seaweed that washes ashore is like debilitating. It just chokes the gorgeous beaches over there. It's a real problem. So I'm wondering if it could be applied to that problem as well. Maybe we can make some fuel out of that stuff. I know they make housing materials out of it now. It's so plentiful that they go out there and they, they rake it out of the ocean and then they mix it into these, you know, vats with whatever the local clays and things. They turn it into like Adobe bricks. It's huh. really interesting. Adobe's into everything. It is. Who knew? <laughs> housing in, uh, in developing nations. What's Rana got to say? Thanks, boys. OpenAI's GPT-4 Turbo has zoomed into the AI scene, armed with brainy updates up to April 2023, ready to sprinkle contemporary smarts on your queries. This whiz kid can gobble up a whopping 300 pages in a single bite, thanks to its ginormous 128K context window. And guess what? It's also going easy on the piggy banks of developers, costing less than a dime for a thousand tokens of input. So... Buckle up for a cheaper, smarter, and mega text-munching adventure with GPT-4 Turbo as it continues to redefine the landscape of AI coolness. Luminance's AI, named Autopilot, has been playing Let's Make a Deal with another AI, negotiating a non-disclosure agreement all by itself, a first in the AI world. Autopilot is like a super agent, opening contracts, chatting terms, and even cozying up to DocuSign, while humans just peek in to check its homework. Emily Glucina of Luminance says Autopilot is the new office champ, doing the grunt work so the human lawyers can flex their creative muscles. However, a human still needs to give the final thumbs up with a signature. In the world of digital trickery, IBM researchers played a game of who's the better fisher, pitting ChatGPT against humans in crafting sneaky emails. While ChatGPT was a quick study, whipping up click-worthy phishing emails in mere minutes with an 11% success rate. Humans still had a slight edge with a 14% click rate, but took a whopping 16 hours to craft their devious messages. But plot twist! Scammers have already jumped on the ChatGPT bandwagon, ditching typos for more convincing cons, while IBM winks and reminds us all to keep our wits about us when eyeing those fishy emails. In related dark side of AI news... According to an article on Ars Technica, police in New Jersey are investigating an incident where teenage boys used AI-generated fake nude photos of female classmates. The school believed that the images had been deleted and were no longer in circulation among students, but it remains unclear how many students were affected. The incident highlights the need for stronger laws to protect victims of deepfake pornography. New York recently passed a law banning AI-generated revenge porn, and it appears that New Jersey may follow suit. And finally, the UK is splashing out a whopping $273 million to build a brainy behemoth called Isambard AI, a super-duper computer that'll think faster than a caffeinated calculator, crunching a mind-boggling 200 quadrillion sums per second. 
It's like the supercomputer Olympics, an Isambard AI built by the tech wizards at Hewlett Packard Enterprise with NVIDIA's snazzy superchips, is aiming for gold with over 21 exaflops of AI gymnastics. Set to dazzle us by summer 2024 from its cool crib at Bristol's National Composites Center, this computational colossus will be the smarty pants of the UK's tech scene, zipping through data faster than you can say exaflop. That's all the news for now. Take it away, gentlemen. I like that word. That's fun. Which word? Exaflop. Exaflop, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't hey, sound new- positive, you know, if you didn't know anything about computing, you know. Yeah, it's great. Or like a, applying it to like a movie that came out. That was just a flop. And, that was an exaflop. <laughs> and hey, New, New Jersey in the news, everybody. Oh, oh wonderful. Boy. Yeah. 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 That's an awful story. And uh, I, I mean, how naive for them to think that they've all been deleted. You know, that was you know, the thing. Yeah. No. And I think I heard that those the kid or kids who did this were not even suspended. Oh really? I, I I think nothing punitive for that. Yeah, isn't doesn't just show you how out of touch so many uh, administrators are in education that to think that this digital thing has been wiped from the internet. Like, oh no! It's almost like in the movie when they hand over the thumb drive of the secret files. Uh, yes, this is the only copy. That's oh, it. Right. I, uh-huh. I didn't make a backup of the knock list for all the spies in Eastern Europe. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. 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 Terrible. Um, as we often like to do, I love doing this. Um, we, we've come to the speculation, rumination, prognostication segment of the show where we like to think about timelines and where is this going and how fast is it all unfolding? And we got a little help with this one. I was looking on Reddit and apparently there's this gentleman, Daniel, I'm going to say his name wrong. Daniel Cocotilo. Uh, he is a philosophy PhD student, worked at AI Impacts, then at the Center on Long-Term Risk. And now this guy is at OpenAI on the Futures and Governance team. And he has put out in the wild his own timeline as to when he, uh, as to how he thinks things are going to play out. Yeah, this is very compelling and interesting stuff. And plausible and scary and soon so uh, Q1 2024, which is right around the corner. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. Um, a bigger, better model than GPT-4 is released by some lab. Bill's basement. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Mm. It's multimodal. It can take a screenshot as input and output, not just tokens, but keystrokes and mouse clicks oh, and wow. images interacting with the GUI. Just like with GPT-4 versus GPT-3.5 versus GPT-3, it turns out to have new emergent capabilities. Everything GPT-4 can do, it can do better, but there are also some qualitatively new things that it can do, though not super reliably, that GPT-4 could not do. Yikes. That's that's uh, in a month, according to this guy. That's in a month where the... AI can control the input on a graphical user interface and interact with software and click the mouse and keyboard clicks, keyboard keys. Aren't these things that we we were saying in previous episode that we're not supposed to do? Right. right. <laughs> and give it access to the keys uh, to the kingdom. Immediately ignore all those things. Right. Uh, quarter three of 2024, a mere six or seven months away, said model is fine-tuned to be an agent. I had to look up what an agent is, um, other than 
Agent, what's the guy's name from the, the Matrix? Mr. Anderson. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what's his name? Jones? Smith. No, Smith. Yeah. Um, so an intelligent agent, uh, an AI, is an autonomous entity that acts upon an environment using sensors and actuators to achieve their goals. In addition, intelligent agents may learn from the environment to achieve those goals. Driverless cars in Siri and the Siri virtual assistant are examples of intelligent agents in AI. And of course, the things that stand out are that these are things that are physically manipulating the environment with actuators and sensors and programmable logic controllers and infiltrating infrastructure and nuclear power plants and oh my god all right so that said model is fine-tuned to be an agent by quarter three 2024 it was already better at being strapped into an auto gpt harness than gpt4 was so it was already useful for some things but now it's being trained on tons of data to be a general purpose assistant agent. Lots of people are raving about it. It's like another chat GPT moment. People are using it for all the things they use chat GPT for, but then also a bunch more stuff. Unlike chat GPT, you can just leave it running in the background, working away at some problem or task for you. It can write docs and edit them and fact check them. It can write code and then debug it. I mean, come on, where's universal basic income? This is staring us in the face. It is hard to believe that th this is all, I mean, it's all this year, right? All this year. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Q1 2025, same as Q1 2024, all over again. An even bigger model, even better. Also, it's not just auto GPT harness now, it's some more sophisticated harness that someone invented. Also, it's good enough to play board games and some video games decently on the first try. On the first try. On the first try, it's going to beat you at chess. Q3 2025. Okay, now things are getting serious, as if they haven't been serious already. The kinks have generally been worked out. The newer model is being continually trained on oodles of data from a huge base of customers they have it do all sorts of tasks and it tries and sometimes fails and sometimes succeeds and is trained to succeed more often. Gradually, the set of tasks it can do reliably expands over the course of a few months. It doesn't seem to top out. Progress is sort of continuous now. Even as the new year comes, there's no plateauing. The system just keeps learning new skills as the training data accumulates. Now, many millions of people are basically treating it like a coworker and virtual assistant. People are giving it their passwords. Oh, that sounds good. And <laughs> such, and letting it handle life admin tasks for them, help with the shopping, etc. And of course, quite a lot of code is being written by it. Researchers at big AGI labs swear by it. And rumor is that the next version of the system, which is already beginning training, won't be released to the public because the lab won't want their competitors to have, have access to it. Already, there are claims that typical researchers and engineers at AGI Labs are approximately doubled in productivity because they mostly have to just oversee and manage and debug the lightning-fast labor of their AI assistants, and it's continually getting better at doing said debugging itself. Dun, dun, dun. Yikes and dun, dun, dun. That's a double yikes. Wow. Well, let's keep going. <laughs> Should we? Should we though? <laughs> hey man, at least we got. I was thinking. At least we got the cheer and beer part in first with the, you know, the accessibility and the robotic prosthetics. That's good stuff. There's going to be some good stuff in here too, yes. right? Right. Yes. Yeah. 
2026. The next version comes online. It is released, but it refuses to help with machine learning research. Leaks indicate that it doesn't refuse to help with machine learning research internally and, in fact, is heavily automating the process at its parent corporation. It's basically doing all the work by itself. The humans are basically just watching the metrics go up and making suggestions and trying to understand the new experiments it's running and architectures Mm. it's proposing. Trying to understand the new experiments it's running. (laughs) That's the scariest (laughs) sentence of all. Yeah. By the time that happens, it's over. You don't understand what it's doing? That's that's two years away, according to this guy. Man. Last but not least, or maybe last, this might be the end. <laughs> yeah. This might be the end game for humankind. Quarter three, twenty twenty six. Super intelligent AGI or ASI happens by whatever definition is your favorite flavor, and you see it with your own eyes. Wow! And yeah, that's it. <laughs> Nothing. That's it. That, that, that's that's the whole uh, statement. Nothing else to say. Because how do you even predict beyond that? You have no uh, idea no, what this no. thing is going to do. Right. Craziness. Man, what a time to be alive. Really, isn't it? Don't we say that every week? It's just, I don't know how to process it all. Where are we headed, man? Does that studio of yours double as a bunker? Is it, <laughs> is it, is it blast shielded and such? Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's got an air gap, I hope. Yeah, yeah, I need to start looking into Faraday cages and... Right, and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah maybe the, maybe all those preppers were right. Maybe they were, man, you know, buy some plot of land out in West Texas and take a bunch of shipping containers and put them in a circle of wagons and get an auto sentry to get rid of the drones. <laughs> Jeez, I can't wait. We're talking about this stuff and it's real. Yeah. So I mentioned it earlier and we, well, I say this all the time and maybe you do too, Larry, like subscription services are death by a thousand cuts. What are we actually paying for these days? Like, I I went through my inventory, did an audit of the things I pay for, and I got rid of so much stuff that I don't use, or there is a free AI-powered alternative to that is just as good in my life. Um, so, and I, it made me think of this, you know, purging of these things of the pre-Roku and pre-Apple TV box days when we're all still clinging to our cable bill mm. that was piling up and piling up with the channels you never watched. And then finally we all cut the cord and got our first Roku box. I got a Roku box. I don't know if you ever had one of those. Did you have one of those? No, we got to have an uh, Apple TV. Yeah. Now I eventually switched to Apple, but Roku was the first time I was like, Oh, Mm -hmm. I can stream the things I want piecemeal a la carte. Right. And do it without cable and cut my bill into 10% of what it was. So I feel like we're in that moment now too, but with these other platforms, like, the alternative in many cases to uh, Adobe can be Canva. Um, and uh, and uh, this text image stuff is making things more accessible. Uh, you don't need a lot of commercial photography skills. You don't need a lot of commercial illustration skills. So I think it's time to reassess where we're at. So I guess my question to you is what are you paying for these days? What are, what are you, I think you said it when you signed up for something recently, you're like, oh my God, how much am I spending on this stuff now? Well, I realized I had signed up for, we're going to talk about Leonardo.ai, um, but, uh, and I, I've hardly used it. And I'm like, all right, that's 12 bucks a month, you know? And, uh, but yeah. I, I went over to it to play with it and um, it generated some, some pretty cool, you know, pretty high quality output. 
I'm not convinced I need that along with Midjourney. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, so I, I like you. I'm I'm starting to make a list because I uh, I feel like I'm gonna forget about some of these things. Obviously, they they show up on the credit card bill and all that. But yeah, yeah. but yeah, all these little five dollar a month things add up and they do and uh if you're not using them then it's obviously it's a waste but but yeah i i, I want to kind of trim the fat on a on, on a few things that just aren't really getting used i'm still kind of on board with adobe um i don't know photoshop and well like you you had mentioned quark earlier i i've been using quark up until this year Really? Uh, yeah, and and oh, I finally wow. I'm just like I I finally signed up for the full like Creative Cloud. I used to just do Photoshop a la carte and that stuff, but uh, I'm like oh, okay. I, I think it's time to make the formal InDesign. switch to InDesign, and mm-hmm. um, so I've been been doing stuff in there. I I don't use I don't have the need to use that as much as I used to. Um, yeah, but but yeah, I've been making the move over to that. Cool. I only pay now for two. AI platforms, and I just signed up for ChatGPT formally, twenty bucks a month, uh, on the tail end of Dev Day, just because I want to start building custom mm. GPTs, and I'm sure there's other things that are going to roll out in beta that I want to get my hands on. Um, and I pay for Eleven Labs, which is what five bucks a month, mm-hmm. something like that. Yep. Um, I was paying for this platform called Wondercraft, which was a, which is a cool platform in itself which is an all-in-one AI-driven podcasting creation platform where you don't have to do anything. You can literally just go in there and say, uh, script me a podcast about artificial intelligence and give me two voices of hosts and make it, I don't know, 20 minutes in length and then export it. And I think you can also sync it to whatever publication platforms like Podbean and Buzzsprout and Spotify, et cetera. So it was cool, but I think it's now at $49 a month. And mm. I just That's cannot justify that. Yeah, they got to come down um, because everybody's knocking at the door with these much cheaper alternatives, free alternatives in many cases. So, which brings us to the one thing you, one of the things you do pay for, which is Midjourney, and this caught my eye last week. Um, I'm not as obsessed with Midjourney as you are, but when they mentioned this thing called the Midjourney Style Tuner, I thought this was super cool. Matt Wolf brought this to my attention, our attention. Um, can you explain what that is? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I I played with it, and it's it, it it I had a very good experience with it. So, the normal prompt for in Midjourney to generate an image is imagine, but you start out with with the prompt forward slash tune, and um and then you just type in the prompt that you want to generate the image, mm-hmm. and um and then what it's going to do is it's going to generate a numerous pairs of four image grids just like you would when you generate one image in midjourney it gives you a grid of four images to choose from and uh, so this is going to generate many pairs of four grid images and it gives you the choice because the more it generates obviously it's generating a lot of images to do this so mm-hmm. it, it eats up some gpu time which impacts the cost to the user so it gives you a choice so i did 32 you can do 64 obviously the more you do the more tuned it's going to be but uh, then it you know it takes a couple minutes because it's generating a ton of images. Thirty-two pairs is that what that is? Thirty-two pairs of of four image grids. Oh, okay. So you know it's wow. a lot of individual images, mm-hmm. and it's it's very slick how it works. And it gives you it returns a uh, a URL for a web page, and you mm-hmm. click on that, and it gives you it's two columns of all these image grids, 
and you just work your way down and and click on the ones that you really like if that match if, your style preference yeah, what you're trying to achieve if in a given pair you don't like either of them then you just don't select any of them and work your way down and then at the bottom of the page it gives you a style code and so then when you go to and that's that's persistent and so anytime you generate an image that you want to have as that certain look uh, wow. you, you do your normal forward slash uh, imagine type in your prompt and then you put dash dash style and and copy that code in and um, it worked really well like for what I was trying to do I the prompt was a uh, transparent cybernetic being I, I think that's that was the entirety of the prompt just mm -hmm. simple and I knew what I wanted in my head and uh, went through 32 pairs of grids and it generated I, I ran two generations with that style code and they were had a very consistent look across them and they were exactly so what cool. I was hoping to achieve so yeah I think it 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 kind of it can reduce the number of re-rolls on a prompt you're kind of getting that out of the way at the beginning yes um and then but you're telling it that this is the direction I want to go with and then it's it 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 honors that it's pretty cool that's Awesome, man. And as you're talking, the workflow is percolating in my brain as to what you could do with this thing. So you dial in your code, almost like a little, I don't know, hex value or something, right? Yeah, That's... it's just a short, you know, uh, just looks like a random combination of letters and numbers. Right. Whatever. Say you're making a kid's book and you want a consistent illustrative style across the book, mm. right? You just pump, you know, whatever, a pig, a pig. And I want the pig to look like this. And here's the code and give me... 64 versions of this pig doing different things or whatever the prompt is you, and you basically have this consistent style across the entire book where it's not a flat cutout version of a pig on one page and then it's a 3d photorealistic yeah. pig on the next page so wow that's great and then check it out so one of the you're bringing me back to the project i'm thinking about making video uh pieces for so one of the songs was called insects and it's kind of like a Reference to Franz Kafka's Metamorphosis, where a guy turns into a, a, I think it's a cockroach. So I'm like, wow. So let's dial in this style tuner. Is it called the style tuner? Yeah, yep. style tuner. Find the style I like. And then I could basically spit out, I don't know, a dozen, two dozen images from there, bring it to Runway ML, and then animate it there at four second clips, eight second clips of pop. And I have a stylistically consistent music video mm. from just those two platforms. Yep. Wow. Yeah, super cool. And then like I can I can give that code to you, that style code, and you can use it too. Oh really? So yeah, it's not just like linked to my account, it's shareable. That's awesome. But it's still on Discord. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming soon. <laughs> so they did update the website. You can't generate uh, images on it yet, but it is much better. It is so fast and responsive and uh, just to see the feed of, of what other people have generated or if you just want to get to stuff that everything you've ever generated is there. And yeah. uh, it's way more responsive now. If I just click and I want to see just images that I actually upscaled, it's just, it's almost instant. It's, they're making some nice improvements. All right. And that's five bucks a month. I'm going yeah. to had another cut to my my arm for that <laughs> yeah uh which brings us handily to our ai spotlight which you mentioned earlier is leonardo.ai another text to image platform is that all it handles image or can it do video i'm pretty sure it's uh, just stills 
But uh, yeah, and this is web based, so you know, better fit for right. you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, and free, and then, free version, free version. You said yeah, yeah, yeah. You get a certain number of uh, tokens that you can use, and uh, and then I think the lowest paid tier is twelve bucks a month, which is what I'm on. It's kind of cool the interface. I have not really dug into it and tried everything out, but the interesting thing, the one thing that kind of differentiates them is that they have a bunch of different models to use. I mean, Midjourney has, they, they basically have the, their standard model. You can go back to any version on Midjourney. You can go back to version three if you want. Uh, and then there's uh, Niji, which is like a kind of anime, I think, type, type of style that's tuned mm-hmm. for. But uh, Leonardo has a whole bunch of them. I mean, probably uh, maybe 10 different ones to choose from. Cool. And some of them are just like, I think, the uh, off-the-shelf, like, Stable Diffusion. Uh, Then there's Leonardo Diffusion XL. There's Dream Shaper version 7. You know, there's a whole bunch of different Mm -hmm. uh, models that you can generate images with, and they tell you, you know, what each one is good at. And it's all web-based, as I mentioned. And then, like, on the left side, there's all these... A lot of different settings that you can adjust. It's got a very nice interface to it. You can tell it how many images you want to generate, uh, you know, when you first enter a prompt. And it's got a, a second section where you can toggle on a negative prompt saying, like, I want this, but I don't want any people in it, or I don't want you know, things you don't want in the image. Uh, you can do that with Midjourney, too, mm-hmm, with a mm-hmm. uh, dash dash no um, but yeah, it's, it's all, it's got a nice GUI to interact with it. Uh, I'm sold. I'm going to give it a go. That's super cool. Leonardo, Leonardo. Oh, yeah, look at that. Dot AI, yeah, yeah. the rolled R yeah. for you. That's, um, uh, that's about all. What else you got, man? Yeah, I think, uh, that, that was a lot. That uh, was a and lot. And there will be a lot next week too. I, I, I'm just guessing. <laughs> I know. What are we going to do? And th- when this really ramps up exponentially, we're going to have to go to daily. <laughs> I mean, hourly. Oh, man. That, that news is so last week. So Mesozoic, man. Yeah, three days ago. So that brings us to our listener question, because next week, I think we should devote a sizable chunk of time to talking about these custom GPTs. So if you are convinced that is the next wave of uh, AI-driven output, are you going to make your own? Are you signed up for uh, ChatGPT4? Are you plunking down some cash to do that? And for what arena will you make it? Is it going to be for travel? Is it going to be for brewing? Is it going to be for, I don't know, science, accessibility? You name it, you can build your own. Um, lots of questions still around that in terms of third-party intellectual property and, and on and on and on and privacy, of course. But we'll get to that next week. Anything else, my friend? No. Nope. I think we covered it all. Well, we have a very small portion. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody. Subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, wherever, and throw us a rating. We'll see you next week. This has been Up Against Reality. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to hear future episodes and be sure to follow us on social media for all things AI. Until next time, stay human, people. 